Hi, welcome to Bonding, the podcast of the Australian Dental Association, Western Australia. My name is Amanda Punyuan, and I am your host for today's episode. Today's special guest really needs no introduction. Dr. David Hallett is CEO of the ADAWA and is into his seventh year. He is asked a lot of questions, and one of the more interesting and common ones is the topic of today's podcast, Dentists Treating Friends and Family. So David, thank you so much for joining us today for the podcast. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you for having me. So you do, do you get a lot of queries about dentists wanting to treat friends and family? We do. And generally they come across in three different ways, but I guess they're all amounting to the same, the same end point. They want to know whether they should treat their own patients and what the ethical dimensions are around that. In some cases, they actually don't want to treat their family, but... That will probably be me. <laughs> <laughs> but the family actually puts pressure on them because they, they don't trust anybody else. And of course, finally, the final question really is around whether the family member will be able to obtain a private health insurance rebate for the treatment that their father, husband, wife, daughter provides. So let's just say I am a dentist who wants to treat my friends or family. What are some of the considerations that I should have before actually agreeing to see them? Yes, well, I think you have to realise that this relationship with this particular patient, of course, is more than a professional one. It's a personal relationship as well. And as such, we run the risk of certain aspects of being influenced, influenced yes, by our personal relationship. And so we run the risk of perhaps the standard of care being compromised because we're too familiar with the patient, which of course then perhaps influences our objectivity and our professional judgment. Once of course we strike that professional relationship, then of course there's other issues that can arise where we might be forced into inappropriate prescribing. And we know, I think we've all been influenced by that at different times, not only by family members, but friends routinely. Yeah, people, people work colleagues and so on. Things, yeah. yeah. There's also, in, you know, in a, incorrect documentation or not enough documentation, particularly around our record keeping and so on, is that, and particularly around diagnosis. Is that because they think that their friends and family won't, won't request records? Or, oh, I think we're just yeah. too casual. Yeah, we you just know, get too comfortable. The, the, whole, the whole appointment is too casual. We're, we're, we're talking almost non-professionally during the appointment, which is natural. We're friends and so on. And then I think that then flows on to other aspects of the care we're providing, like writing up our notes. Maybe sometimes there's also the tendency to see friends and family during non-busy periods or when you try to squeeze them in for appointments. So it's not exactly the same as we would for a patient that we are, for example, not related to. That's right. And I know in my own case, I ended up often seeing family on weekends, you know, with no staff members around me. And it was, in hindsight, far far too a casual relationship. So how would you define how close is too close? So are we talking immediate members of the family or close friends or is it like a friend's son? Like where do you think dentists should be considering uh, perhaps drawing a line or a boundary? All right. So the various health funds and our indemnity insurers start to define what they believe to be immediate family and so on. So if you want to, to draw a line in the sand, those various entities can do that for you. But ultimately, of course, it's going to be how you deem the relationship to be. Now, what happens if you 
don't actually want to want to see friends and family because you do feel that for example this may influence your treatment for them what's a good way to politely decline i think i think you can selectively interpret the dental board of australia's code of conduct that talks about conflict of interest and personal relationships with patients i think the i think the interpretation can be subjective enough for you to progress that discussion and and family members should should be able to understand that so I think one of the big topics, which is probably the one that we're going to spend uh, the, the more substantial time of the podcast discussing now, is the actual obligations if you are treating friends and family. Because I think one of the questions that you must get a lot, because um, I've seen it come up in conversation before as well, is the different health fund rules with seeing friends and family. Because from my understanding, they're not all the same rules. No, they're not. In fact, I think for every health fund there is in Australia, they have a different rule in relation to the payment of benefits for dentists or health practitioners in general treating their own families. And this would be defined as immediate members of family? It varies. So it may, it varies from immediate, and we can talk about some of the individual funds in a moment, right through to extended family as well as um, professional colleagues in the same practice and staff within the practice. So if I'm working in the practice and my colleague sees my family member, is that okay? With some funds, no. Other funds, yes. And we can talk about, I'm quite happy to talk about some of the individual fund uh, rules around treating family. Of course, you can still treat the family, but it's a matter of whether whether they're going to be able to claim a a benefit or rebate as a result of you treating them. All right, so maybe let's have a bit of a discussion on the health funds because I think our listeners would like that. Maybe, um, is there a health fund that's the most popular or the one that you get the most queries? Well, of course, in Western Australia, the most popular one is always going to be HBF because over half of Western Australians who hold an ancillary policy or an extras policy are insured with HBF. So what does HBF say about this? This is actually one of the most straightforward ones thankfully. Great. Where in this case, a benefit is not payable to anybody who's covered under the same membership card as yours. Okay. So if you've got your health fund membership, generally it's mum and dad and the the children. Other than that, extended family and so on and fellow staff members and so on, all is fine. So I would imagine probably the most common scenario of this is people seeing their spouses or parents seeing their children. Correct. In this case, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Does it say anything about um, colleagues in the same practice seeing other... Not with HBF, but some of the others do. So, for instance, Medibank Private talk about treating family members, business partners and their families. So that's a real extension on what we we would expect. So they talk about benefits that's not being payable to the provider's partner, dependents or their business partner, the partner or a dependent of any business partner of mine. But they do make the point that they may, at their own discretion, pay a benefit if you made a pre, I I guess, a pre-order or a pre-treatment. So each case would be judged on its merits. So just to clarify, we're saying in this case that according to the health fund rules, um, if we want to claim a benefit, so if we want to use high caps or something like that to, for example, do a to see friends and family, the benefit's not payable, but legally we are still allowed to see them as long as we don't claim their insurance for it. Correct. So, yes, we, we've, got, we've got to draw a line in the sand between what's legal and what, what our regulatory authorities allow, yes. even though they caution us, yeah. as opposed to actually either adhering to or breaching a business rule of a health fund. 
We'll come back to the health funds because I do, I've got a few more questions around that. But in general, what is the consequence of actually claiming a benefit for seeing your immediate family if you've gone against the health fund stipulation? Yeah, so the most common, um, I guess, um, penalty would, would, ha- would having to be refunding that, those monies to the fund. And then I guess if you then continue to disregard the fund rules after you've already been warned and, and so on, potentially I suppose there could be other consequences, but I don't know any dentists who would then continue to yeah. breach business rules if they've already been, yes. been picked up once. Now, I was aware of some of these rules and some of them I, I, I'm actually, I must admit, this is the first time I've heard of them. So where would someone who's listening to this podcast, for example, and suddenly realise that they don't actually know these rules, where would they read them in their agreements? The, well, they can, go to, they can go to any of the online, they can, they can Google any of, the, any of the health funds, fund rules and look them up for themselves. But really... Ultimately, it's, it's up to the policyholder themselves and they're the ones who've got the policy document mm-hmm. and, and they, these sort of rules are stated quite clearly for the policyholder. But, you know, often, often all our patients expect us to do all the running around, whether they're yes. family or not. Yes. Um, but I think as long as, it, as long as we understand the major ones, you know, Western Australia, HBF, Medibank, Bupa, NIB, HCF and so on... Um, you know, I think you're pretty well on, on the right track. And if you had any doubts whatsoever, you'd be foolish not to contact the fund. Mm. So we, um, from my understanding, Medibank Private has a few other funds that come under the same parent, so like AHM. So would the rules for that be the same or then different? That's a good question. I'm not sure about AHM, but you would think they'd be consistent. So what does Bupa say about this then? So Bupa is somewhat similar to HBF in that anybody who appears... On, on your membership card, but then they also talk about your business associate. So in other words, your dentist in the practice, associate dentist. So that could be your employee, associate dentist. Yeah, plus their partners and any dependents of your business partner as well. Wow, it's quite a wide umbrella. Mm. What about staff? So if it's, say, your dental assistant's uh, family... Do they say anything about that? The only company that seems to to highlight this aspect seems to be GMHBA, and they talk about any person not independent from the practice. So I think that interpretation would suggest that a staff member of the practice is not independent. Mm. But the others don't seem to go to, into any great detail in relation to staff of the practice. I would caution... All of us, though, in treating staff members and so on, particularly if we're providing care, comprehensive care for our staff, to also think about the personal relationship and some of the other aspects we've talked about already. Mm. You know, if we're talking about really comprehensive courses of care, I think you do really need to be a little bit circumspect and, and consider before, before so going So maybe ahead. like, um, you know, if you're doing orthodontics for someone who may not, for example, stay the entire time, I can imagine that can get a little bit messy. Yes, or you can imagine a surgical procedure perhaps not going, yes. going as planned and so on. Um, have we covered... So what about NIB? NIB is another health fund. In yes. The NIB, right? So NIB talk about your, your partner or, and your dependents and your business partner as well as your business partner's um, dependents. So, so a little, some similarity there to the um, Medibank and Bupa. So in essence, 
most of them would actually not cover you to treat immediate family and also business partners with the exception of HBF, it seems. It would appear so, yes. What about HIF? I think that's another popular one. So to the best of our knowledge, HIF don't have any such fund rules, but I would certainly suggest if you were going to undertake comprehensive care and if you were going to look as though you were going to maximise your partner's benefit for that particular year or you're going to maximise it over successive years, it probably would be worth just talking to them. The last thing you want is, is to create suspicion around, you know, the care that you're providing your own family. So let's say if you are going, if you are planning on working within the stipulations of the health fund, so for example, if you're treating a non-immediate family via HBF, are there things that you would recommend that the dentist should do with regards to record keeping or getting approvals and stuff like that before they start? I mean, I suppose some of this is, is common sense things with keeping good records for everyone, no matter whether they're your family or not. It sounds like common sense. Mm-hmm but you can see how easily it could fall by the wayside. So are there things that a dentist should do specifically if they are planning on seeing members of their family and like within the rules of the health fund? Yeah, so I, well, within the rules of the health fund and I think within the rules of what our code of conduct expects of us as well, I think, I think they all need to be consistent. Yeah. And so maintaining good, rec- good clinical records, ensuring high standards of confidentiality and privacy, which of course is easy to breach within a family situation. Um, You could have family members and close friends actually divulging aspects of their medical history and personal history that perhaps under other circumstances you would have never known. Yes, of course. And we all know within our close relationships, it is difficult to maintain confidentiality over a long period of time. Yes, I can understand. Uh, We also have this issues around consent. Now, generally when we're treating our everyday patients, consent is not a difficult concept to initiate. But with family and friends, of course, you would tend to not seek consent in the same way. I I think you would tend to have an overarching influence over your family members or close friends' decision-making. Yes, of course. That's not necessarily the case in our day-to-day practice where really our patients actually have a lot more control, I guess, over the care that they they receive whereas in a in this sort of close relationship your opinion and your thoughts as the practitioner perhaps are going to to carry greater weight so david one of the one of the thoughts that has just struck me is that say you treat someone from your immediate family so say i decide to treat my husband now i know that is not within the health fund rules so i don't use high caps for him and i just charge him whatever full amount and we don't involve his health fund but then he, not being aware of the situation, then puts in a claim with HBF or whatever the health fund is after. Can the dentist get into trouble when they are not the one that has actually processed the insurance claim? Yes, I don't think in that situation the dentist would necessarily be in trouble, but they could still expect to have to um, furnish a refund. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much for sharing your insights with us, David. And I think that's about time for us to wrap up. Before we finish, is there anything else you would like to share? Oh, I think it, this is one of these broad topics that, in, that always creates a lot of interest and discussion. And I think if any member wants to discuss anything further with me or wants to make further inquiries, um, we're always more than happy to assist. 
And also, if you would like to hear more from David or if there are any other topics that you would like us to cover, please feel free to contact us and let us know. All right. Well, thank you very much. And thank you once again for your time and your valuable insights, David. Thank you, Amanda. It was a pleasure. (laughs) Thank you. And thank you to our listeners. We hope you enjoyed this. Please stay tuned for our next podcast episode. Have a great day.